politics, business, and religion. We discuss the topics you avoid at the dinner table, bringing you the biggest names in Texas politics and beyond. This is The Trey Blocker Show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Trey Blocker Show. Today's special guest, hailing from Pleasanton, Texas, weighing in at 180 pounds, Texas State Senator Pete Flores. Senator. Thank you. Thank you very Thanks much for, for joining <laughs> thank us. Thank you for allowing me to come visit. And I apologize. I just shared your weight. But That's okay. That was the weight it was on Monday. I don't know what it is right now. <laughs> yeah. I, I, every time I go home, I got to break out the, the Leatherman and put another hole in the belt. But I'm about <laughs> the time for new belts, I think, or either I start eating some more. Well, We're been pretty busy. That's right. We are in the middle of a legislative session, and, and for most people, there's a difference between your weight at the beginning of session and your weight at the end of session. They say it's 15 pounds on the average. <laughs> I did my research. Uh, is that the freshman 15, or I think, it's, every, I think it's everybody, yes. Yeah. Yes, I think we're very freshman, maybe a little more, but, well, I can stand to lose a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, get down to fighting weight. Well, you've been getting up early for Senate finance and running around all over the Capitol, so that has to, do you have a, what do they call those things, a pedometer? You have no, one of those things I, that measures I, your steps. But, but, but by getting my boots resold constantly, that, that's, right. how we're, that's, that's how I measure yeah, <laughs> things. Yes. So I noticed you were born in North Dakota. Is that right? That is correct. And Minot, North Dakota. I, well, that was my second question is how you pronounce that. Minot. Minot, yes. What was the population of Mon, my, Minot, North Dakota? I don't Dakota? know. It was in the middle of Jan late January, and it was cold, and I was a baby, and I, was, I think I was, uh, it, it was traumatized by the winter. <laughs> but uh, I'm an Air Force brat. Okay. So that's uh, that's how we were in Minot uh, Air Force Base at the time, and uh, I'm I'm one of ten children. Uh, my dad was career military, retired as a master sergeant. You know, have my siblings were born all over the world. It was a great life, but then it was time to come back to Texas, where all things are better. There's no doubt about that. One of ten. So where are you in the pack? Well, I'm the I'm the proverbial middle child. You know, oh, the, the one who doesn't sit at the big kid table or the little <laughs> kid table, but is always welcome with the dogs. <laughs> <laughs> so being one of ten, how do, how do you think that affected you growing up? Did it make you a scrapper? Did it make you more empathetic growing up around that many siblings? Or? Well, it makes you generally the middle child. I, I understand is the one who generally ends up being a negotiator and be able to to, ah. to, to deal with both sides and come to the middle and be a win-win deal and, uh, and, and it's com sure coming in handy now. Mm -hmm. So you knew at age five you were meant for politics, huh? No, I don't. Well, <laughs> you know, off, uh, dealing with big families, everything's about politics, you know, and, True. Uh, and, and having relationships and, and getting things done or not done. And, but politics was just something that I happened to get into uh, later in life. Right. So you grew up in Laredo. How was that growing up? Laredo's a, a, a great place. It's, it's been around well over 300 years, uh, you know, <laughs> and uh, one of the original founding uh, cities, uh, I think it's 1725. Oh, wow. Uh, and uh, uh, long history uh, on the border, uh, been, been through six flags, rich culture and a great place to live and be from. No doubt. Great people. No doubt. So growing up, what would you say were your major influences? Well, uh, pretty much, my, you know, my mom and my dad, you know, and of, of course, uh, they're, they're the biggest influence, your family and, um, and the culture that comes with it. Mm -hmm. And especially a strong uh, reinforcement that the things that we believe in are core values, you know, like God and family and country and that order. Right. And uh, that you work hard for everything that you get. You ask for nothing. You make, don't make excuses. 
and uh, you, you give it the old go, and if you don't do it the first time, don't consider that a failure, just consider that a learning experience. And I'm not just taking it from the book, that's, that's for real. Right. And that, um, you know, when, when the old folks said that, that that kid's good with a grub and hoe, that, that, wasn't, <laughs> that wasn't an insult, that was a compliment. Right, it meant you worked hard. It meant you worked your salt. That's yes. right, that's right. So being worth your salt has translated to, through, throughout my life up to, up to this day. So what kind of what kind of hard manual labor did you do as a kid? Oh, I've done everything. I've dug uh, I've dug uh, outhouse holes through caliche. <laughs> I, I've I've pitched watermelons. I've chopped cotton. I've worked cattle. I've sold curiosities. Uh, Wait, I worked at United States Steel as a bar grinder. You know, I've done just about just about uh, everything that was legal. Yeah. <laughs> you said you sold what? Uh, Mexican curiosities like uh, wrought iron, pottery, glassware, oh, okay. by okay. the truckload when I was a kid. Gotcha. You know, and uh, back in, the, if you remember back in the 70s, that was the big thing. And it was uh, a place called La Hacienda Mexican Market and, and bringing things from uh, Mexico. And, and we sold them by the truckload. And I made a lot of money as a kid doing that. So, so you honed your skills as a salesman. Well, you know, everything's, uh, you know, growing up in a big family, it's about being able to negotiate and uh um, although, although you know, my my passion was uh, generally um, you know um, um, you know the outdoors and in law enforcement, which which led me down the path to to the majority of my my life's work mm. right. so far. So from Laredo, how did you end up going to Texas A&M? Well, I was a I was a, you know I'm an old FFA or Future Farmers of America, gotcha. and uh, FFA was a big part of my life. And you asked about things that were impactive in my life. So, mom and dad, uh, of course, religion, God, family, and country. I'm a, I'm a Roman Catholic, and and which which a lot of my policy decisions are you know based on that. Uh, uh, and um, uh, but FFA, you know, was is is a, one of the great uh, youth organizations in in our schools. Uh, that that teaches you about industry, teaches you organization, uh, teaches you to work in teams, uh, t teaches you the value of hard work, uh, it reinforces our country's basic values. And right. of course, my ag teachers, and his name is David Martinez. And David, um, or Mr. Martinez, was a, was a, besides my dad and and uh, men like him were were a, a big influence in my life. As a matter of fact, when you go to my office, you'll see a picture of my ag teacher in my office. In fact, he was there when I got sworn in as a Texas senator. Oh, that's incredible. And, and uh, I remind everyone I, and, and FFAers that come see me how profound that experience in FFA was for me and developed me as a, as a, as a responsible adult, but how important that teacher, my ag teacher, mm -hmm. was in the direction of my life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's incredible. Now, I've always been fascinated by Texas A&M. I did not go there. Uh, I graduated. Oh, sorry about that. I, I know. I, uh, you know, I, I got shipped out of state. Um, oh, okay. My, my parents needed to get rid of me for a while. But tell me, is, do you call it the Aggie Nation? I mean, what's the term for the Aggie? Aggie um... Well, we're the Aggies. <laughs> you know, it depends on who you talk to. Some people, well, you know, it's... it's um, it's a it's a big extended family. The first time I went to A and M, I was a, in FFA. I was in the meats judging team. We okay. made, we were from Laredo Martin, and where I where I graduated, you know, that which is basically a you know a, a West Side you know urban town a high school. But I was a meats judge, and the first time I went to A and M was in a state competition on the meats judging, 
and I, and I, the culture there pretty much was something that was attractive. Did you to say me. cult or culture? The cu culture. Oh, okay. Well, it just, can't. Just some, some, some people might, you know, <laughs> my daughters certainly say I belong to the cult, but did you know, she go we, to... we got the ring. No, my daughters didn't didn't go there, but okay. but I but I did, and uh, you know, and I, I'm the only one of the family of ten that went there. I got a lot of my brothers and sisters that went to this little college down the road here, and uh, other and other universities. Right. But. Um, um, a and M uh, pretty much had the core values that reflected mine. Sure. And and, and uh, so, uh, but of course, I wasn't. I'm not from a wealthy family, so um, you know, uh, I, I I went to junior college, work, and uh, and then after junior college, I transferred, and then I got a job, full time job, pretty much punching cows for the vet school. Okay. Uh, and became a full time employee and paid my way through school by right. working as a cowboy on on the vet school farm. Oh, that's great. I sure hope I don't get a phone call from Chancellor Sharp about that cult comment. Well, you know, he's he's a, he's a good man, and and uh, and he's a yeah he's 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 been he's been great to the system and and right. uh, and uh, um, Texas A and M and all of our universities in Texas are, are great. But you know, That's right. I, I I do favor A and M because I am an Aggie. I wear the ring and. We, 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 anywhere we bump into each other in the world, we already know each other. Right. And that's a good thing. It's a great school with a great chancellor and they're doing great things. Great traditions. At, great traditions. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, so at some point you decided to become a game warden. How did that transpire? Well, it started with, uh, it, it pretty much, you know, I, I, I'd go out and, and hunting and fishing with my daddy and, uh, um, and you know that that was a great thing, and I encourage uh, parents to do that or relatives to take out their children anytime they can to enjoy the, our state's natural resources and the treasure that truly belongs to them. Right. Uh, but uh, you know, uh, there was one particular incident where uh, that uh, where a group of us, from, you know, street savvy kids, we went down to a place called Dolores Creek uh, in Sabata County, and the white bass were running at that time, and. And uh, you know we'd go down there with our big you know tubs. There was no limit in those days. Mm -hmm. And and when the white bass were running, I mean they were running off the Rio. You know we go. That's right by the right by Mexico. It's right on the Rio Grande. Sure. And I mean, but that's I mean that's that's where we're from. That's I mean we're not. It's. It's okay, but 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 you know, going onto other people's ranches is not okay. But you know, but, but when you're a kid, you know, you don't you don't. You really, do what you, you do. Well, you, so we went we we went through the fence there and we started catching white bass, and um, and all of a sudden, sitting next to me, to my left, on the bank was a, a game warden, a big man, and huh. you know, and it was like oh, you know, we thought we were pretty pretty savvy, you know, slick guys and. <laughs> But there he was. He was sitting there next to me, and 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 it was and 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 he he his name was uh, Eliseo Padilla, uh, from Zapata County. So you're never uh, going to forget that. Name, no, right? no. You, well, you don't. If you this is uh, um, some people are very impactive and provide direction. And uh, <laughs> so he he treated us with respect. I mean, he he told us what we were doing was you know we shouldn't have gone through that fence and right. and and he let us keep the fish. And so he learned. He treated us with respect. But it was also what a it was magical to me how that big man got walked up and he, there he was, mm -hmm. uh, you know it was like magic and and I never forget <laughs> how he treated us with respect right. and 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 turned something that could have been you know not a pleasant experience into a learning experience. Sure. Well, little did that did did Eliseo Padilla know that that kid that he interacted with on the banks of Dolores Creek would one day not only be a fellow game warden with him, right. but would also be the colonel game warden for the state of Texas. Would, would be Would be the director of law enforcement uh, while he was still serving. Right. So 
so those imagine those those type of impacts that you have when you're dealing with people in positions when you're in positions of authority mm -hmm. and especially when you're dealing with kids that how you conduct yourself could, can be life-changing in the direction of that kid and that one sure. day that person might be working with you in that patrol car or in that business right. uh, and and uh, you so you know whenever you have encounters with 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 kids especially um, uh, you know have that in mind yeah, I think that's very good advice. So tell me about the first time that you ran into him uh, as a game warden and said, hey, you're not going to remember this, but I was that little kid with all the fish. I reminded that, uh, you know, first when I, when I, uh, when I was probably within the first couple of years, uh, I was about 25 or 26 years old. Of course, where I was stationed was in the opposite side of the state. I was stationed in Chambers County in Anahuac, a great place on the Trinity Bay in the middle 80s. But we had in-service where we'd all gather from different parts of the state, and so, you know, that's when I first saw him up here at in-service and reminded him of that, that how, how impactive he was. Right. Uh, and later on, when I transferred to San Antonio as a captain in San Antonio, you know, we, we were in the same law enforcement region, and then ultimately I ended up here in Austin as a colonel. Right, right. So you were the first ever Hispanic colonel in the history of, of the Texas, Game Wardens. Of Texas, yes. Right. Right. Yes, that's impressive. It, well, it's it's just a testament to what what opportunity does here in Texas, and that uh, you know where where it it uh, where a poor boy from the west side of Laredo can become the, a, a colonel game warden in Texas. Right. Yeah, this is a great place to grow up, and it's it's part of the American dream, right? Work hard, believe, and anything's possible. Right. So you've been married to your wife, Elizabeth, for how long? 37 years. And you have two... Masomenos. <laughs> you have two wonderful daughters, two grandsons. What's the best thing about being a granddad? They are a joy in my life. And as the old saying says, they're all we, we, have, my, we have ever been and they're all we ever will be is in those boys. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I keep trying to figure out how to skip the whole kid thing and go straight to the grandkid thing. That sounds well, like a much better job. Are, you know, my children are, my, <laughs> I love my daughters, they're very special, and, and, um, uh, but, it, but grandchildren, they're, they just want, they're just another, another level. Right, right. And, uh, and they're growing up fast on me. One, my one's 13 already and the other one's nine. Oh, wow. And uh, yeah, it's, they're not, not the little boys anymore, but, but uh, you know, I told them we need a sister, they need a sister. And what do they think about that? They say sisters are too expensive. I said, well, how, how do you know if you don't have one? I said, I had six of them. <laughs> but I said, yeah, Grandpa needs a, needs a, you need a little sister. Sure, you need a granddaughter. Yes, Absolutely. well, we'll see what God delivers for us, you know, right. whatever God wants. Absolutely. So I'm going to shift gears on you. Sure. How did you first get interested in politics? Well, uh, you know, when I was in junior college, I was a vice president of the, of the student body. My daddy was a campaign manager in, in, in local races in Laredo back in the days when, when the old party ruled the Mayor Martin regime. And, mm, and he, right. was on the, he was the campaign manager for the Cruz Cabello campaign, which ran against an independent against the old party and won. Mm. And then he was also campaign manager for Aldo Tatanzo, who became mayor which wasn't part of the machine at the time. Gotcha. And, and so you know, we were, I, and had involvement in that. In junior, co I mean, in, in, uh, in junior college, vice, vice president, and I was a ex officio member on the board of trustees mm. uh, representing the student body. But after that, I went straight into went to A and M. Had to work, and uh, I didn't. I stopped being involved in that in politics per se. Right. Uh, but 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 as part of the function of being a state warden and, and uh, in the counties, you deal with local level, you deal with the state level, federal level, international, and and you deal with the pol with politics and politicians. But you're not in the politics. Right. So 
so how, how it happened was that when I retired, um, I, I, I do public speaking through all over the country, and, and uh, I, I did I spoke a speaking engagement in Atascosa County because the featured speaker couldn't show up, mm -hmm. and so I filled in. It was a Republican gathering from, from three-county area. They heard what I had to say. Uh, and uh, and then I was approached by by representatives from from Bear from uh, from Medina from Frio, uh, uh, excuse me from Real and Atascosa, and they did a vetting. So I said, okay, well, this is a vetting. They came and visited me in Atascosa County, and they asked me to run against Carlos Oresti in 2016. Right. And so you know I thought you know I I, I have a I have a, a big aversion to any any semblance of. Um, boss politics or patron mm -hmm. politics mm -hmm. and we have uh, that was that was there so uh, and then I, I knew that you know it was a presidential cycle uh, I, while I was well recognized in the law enforcement world um, and, and, and a number of counties that I've worked uh, you know I didn't I, I never ran for anything before politically right. and but then I thought you know you have a every we all have those questions in our you know, at times in our lives when you you wonder what if <laughs> and and you think what what if, and are you are is this decision I'm about to make, uh, am I going to go through the rest of my life wondering what would have happened if I would have done it, and although the the odds were overwhelming and and the logistics and organization were behind the curve, uh, and, and where it was an extremely you know long shot, why not? Sure. So we did. And it was a year of campaigning, not much money, but a lot of guts, a lot of organization, a lot of building of grassroots. End of the day, we lost by 30, 32, 33 points. Right. Uh, in, 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 and so did a lot of other Republicans that got swept by that, by that particular in, in San Antonio mm -hmm. and other areas. But we got 97,600 votes. That's a lot of votes. And for someone who did it with just under $30,000 and, and thousands of miles and thousands of contacts, this was doable. Right. So we knew, kind of figured out what was going to happen. My law enforcement experience told me, this, having worked with federals for a long time, what where the direction was going on the investigation on the, on the past senator. Um, so we made preparation. We continued to campaign for the next three years. Right. Solid. Okay. Didn't stop. Never stopped. Went to every event. Went to the counties. Name recognition. Grassroots organization. We were preparing. The money we raised, but wasn't near what the others were raising. But it was, it was a lot better than before. So when it went to when it did went to runoff, uh, when when it was declared vacant and it went to 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 a special election. So just to clue the audience, yes, clue sir. the audience in the senator who held the seat at the time was forced to resign, which opened up the seat for a special election. Yes, right. yes, he just reported to the federal penitentiary this week. Gotcha. Twelve year stint. Okay. So that, that's hence the vacancy. Right. And uh, may God keep him safe. May God protect his family. Uh, but you know, you got to pay the you got to pay the price. Um, so, an open special election was called. There was eight candidates on the slate, including a lot of a lot that uh, some that were considered the heirs apparent. Mm. You know, spending five hundred thousand dollars, the other one two hundred thousand dollars. I had fifty thousand dollars, but I had a grassroots organization in place that they didn't. Right. So and and uh, and we worked it hard. We took no one for granted, no community, n no place, no one was taken for granted. We just did old school, get out and, and Shoe leather politics. It was no different than what I've done as a game warden when I go right. into a new county. Meet everyone. You're only as effective as the community allows you to be and you become part of that community. Sure. They get to know you. 
and, and, and everything works out. So that's what we did. Came out in first place, shocked the world. That's right. And, but then, and, and this is September of 2018, yeah, right? And yes, and then, as usual, you know, take, take them for granted. I mean, they're no, he's nobody, they're nobody. I've heard that before in my life, you know, and, but, but yay, you know. So we continue to work. Meanwhile, we, we had the full, um, we, of, course, of course, the Senate governor, the governor, Senator Cornyn, uh, uh, Senator Cruz, a number of other people from across the political spectrum. The last two weeks before the, the first election on the special election for the eight, that helped tremendously. Right. And um, so when, 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 we, when we came in first place, then the full spectrum of the Republican Party apparatus everyone, whether they liked each other or not. Mm -hmm. We had groups on board with us that won't even speak to each other. Right. Even in their own, even in counties where they have lifelong feuds, the one thing they did agree on was we needed to win. Sure. So we mustered that combined with, with uh, some, some funding that came in, combined with our grassroots organization, combined by knocking on thousands of doors, thousands of phone calls, uh, you know, and the, and, and the grassroots organization and the formal organizations working in concert as 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 a united front, we we won by seven points. Right, that's amazing. So, uh, 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 you know, for someone who was served in Congress and who was a twenty-year member of the legislature, hmm. and 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 in a long-term time friend of mine, right? You know, um, but but uh, uh, fundamental beliefs are different. I think the the, you know, the belief of service is the same, but how to go about it is was starkly different between um, um, uh, Representative Gallego and myself. Um, so at the end of the day, I believe we just, we just outworked them. That's right. So there are some really interesting statistics about this win. You are the first Hispanic Republican to ever serve in the Texas Senate. That's correct. And the first Republican elected in Senate District 19 in 139 years. That is correct. Did I read that correctly? That is correct. That's amazing. Since Reconstruction. Absolutely amazing. Yes. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, it's a, it's a tribute to what can be done when we all work together. Plus, it, it's, it's, it's also uh, when we, as Republicans, um, don't, don't say, don't go over there. That's not that, that, that's, that's, that's a Democrat area. Mm. Oh, don't go over there. We don't have any luck in that. Or don't, don't get on those radio stations. They cater to the wrong demographic, mm. you know. And, and uh, you know, uh, if, if, uh, I would say if Sam Houston would have listened to statisticians, he never <laughs> won at San Jacinto. <laughs> that is very true. You just have to very believe true. it's possible and do it. That's right. That's and, right. And go there and, and be bold. Sure. And let folks get to know you. Uh, and know that, and, 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 the, and Southwest Texas, and Texas as a whole, but Southwest Texas especially, it's a very, very conservative population. They have very family-oriented, you know, Second Amendment, I mean, pro-life, right. across the whole spectrum. It just so happens that they're primarily, they vote Democratic because they have for generations. Not mm -hmm. because they're sheep or anything like that, but it's because we don't go there. Sure. We don't engage. And when we go, it's not, it's, it's not like saying we're the same as opposed to just go over there and, and you don't go to, to somebody's house and, and, and preach. That's right. Don't preach. Go there and say, let, let us agree to what, what the, the things, the values that we share, and let's work together. If not for the party, vote for the person. All right. Find the common ground. Yes, sir. Right. That, that, and that's what we have to do, and it requires work. So... When Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick 
announced committee assignments at the beginning of session, the first thing I thought was, wow, he really likes Senator Flores and expects great things out of him. Uh, but then I kind of looked at it and he just added you to another committee. Uh, so I, I can't decide if he likes you or doesn't like you, truth be told, because you're kind of loaded down. Well, it all, it all depends on, you know, on the person and how much capacity they have. Okay. I, I, I believe that, that um, um, the Lieutenant Governor entrusted me with these appointments right. in a large part because of the experience I bring to the table. Sure. And Senate Finance, this is a language that I already know. Right. This is a method because I've been on the other side. I've had to go to four Senate finance mm -hmm. four times, you know, and, and $60 million budget that I right. have. I, I, so the learning curve in the process, I already, and plus I have perspective as a former state employee and someone who, who has actually implemented it that I know, uh, you know, not just what the agency that I worked at, but the other, how the other agencies it, do what they do with the money and how the, what their, their, their method of carrying things out. I, these are, this is perspective I think I bring that's, that no other member has. That's right. Well, and arguably, I, I don't know if, if it's even debatable, it's the most important committee in the Senate. And it's very rare that the lieutenant governor, whether it be this one or previous lieutenant governors, would appoint a freshman senator to that committee. So it's a testament to your knowledge base and, and the fact that he knew you would sink your teeth into it and work hard. I, I, I have, uh, under the leadership of, of Chair Nelson and all the other members of, you know, uh, of Senate Finance, um, what, what a wealth of experience that, right. that they have. Right. And, and, uh, and, I've, and uh, I, I have a lot to learn from them. And, and, uh, and I'm very fortunate that, you know, that all of them and, and, uh, have, have uh, been very receptive and, uh, and very helpful. And each one in their own way brings a different ex expertise sure. in different articles. And, uh, uh, and uh, it's, it's really wonderful to, to be able to work with them. And especially now that we've broken out into our work groups and are delving, diving deep, then to, to, to be able to be part of that process where we prioritize what goes where and who gets what. Right. And, and, uh, and, and, and the rationale behind it. And, and um, um, it, it's, it's, uh, it, 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 being on Senate Finance also allows one to be able to understand the full breadth of, of uh, state government and, and from the from the largest uh, agencies to the very smallest and so it gives you a great perspective of government that's exactly right so tell me the other committees that you're serving on and why those are important to your district well I am on criminal justice and criminal justice of course we have 463 miles of the Mexican border uh, and, uh, and of course that's that you know securities and public safety is very important to Texas uh, my, my, I have a lifetime of experience as a state peace officer and a chief officer um, so that I bring that perspective uh, professional perspective I am the only peace officer in the Senate uh, in, in modern times so when it comes to issues regarding um, criminal justice peace officers right. um, uh, I'm, uh, I bring the perspective and say well maybe that's not how it really is mm -hmm. and, uh, and uh, uh, so it's again the perspective that I bring in um, to combine with the experience of the, of the senators that have been there uh, for a while that, that have served in this capacity I think uh, I'll be able to bring something um, uh, helpful to the right. Senate and to the district. Right. I'm on Senate Natural Resources, which is the one I primarily asked for, Senate Natural Resources and Economic Development. 
primarily because in Senate District 19 is where the big oil field plays are. The Equalford Shale, the Permian Basin, right. the, 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 the Delaware, the High Alpine. I mean, they're all, those are, they're all in SD19. So since th that is one of the major economic drivers and in industries in SD19, I felt it was uh, important that, that the senator from Senate District 19 be at, at that table. That's right. Absolutely. For policy, dealing with them. Uh, the other one is health and human services, awesome. and uh, very, very, very big, very important. And you know, I'm I'm, uh, I'm very privileged to be working on that one as well. A lot of are all a lot of work, but think about the impact that they have. I mean, what is it? About sixty percent of the budget is health and human services. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and and you know, and if you don't have it in your heart to be able to feel for. For, for the folks that are coming up and, 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 and everyone who, who is asking for help and, and, and dealing with the health services and delivery of health services for Texans, you want to be able to help everybody. If you don't have that empathy, you really shouldn't be sitting there sure. in the first place. You shouldn't be serving. Well, I think we all have that. Uh, but, you know, we have finite resources, and, uh, but we, so we have to make sure that we spend that money in any, in any of the articles, but especially that one where... Mm -hmm. Um, uh, where we had the biggest impact. For, and, and for example, we're dealing with the issue of mental health, which is a big strategic issue for us and should be. Um, you know, we, 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 we want to be able to help especially our most defenseless, te defenseless Texans. You know, well, a special interest to me in my district is the San Antonio State Hospital. Right. And, and of course, that's tied in with, it, with ASH, with San, at the Austin State Hospital. In, in, that, in that network of facilities, that, that address the needs of, of again, these folks that by, thereby, by the grace of God, go we. But while they're there, let's make sure that, 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 the, that, the, that the conditions are not, you know, from the 40 or 50 year old facilities. Sure. And, and while the fiscal note for them is, is, is going to be significant, um, I, the, the, the impact, uh, the benefit, the long-term benefit, overdue benefit of, of refitting Ash and Sash. I'll be work, working. I have the great privilege to, to work with Senator Watson on that, and he's been a great mentor and leader uh, uh, in that from the beginning. I, I've enjoyed him uh, on that effort to make sure that we secure the money to redo Ash and Sash. Right. And I noticed you've joint authored a bill creating a Texas Mental Health Consortium. Tell us about yes, that. Yes, that along with all other the other 30 senators. Basically, that's again addressing some some critical issues for Texas that will provide for uh, more resources to the communities and to schools uh, in conjunction with the universities uh, to, to to provide resources to address mental health, uh, especially with our youth, right. uh, before they get to the point when they start shooting up the school. That's right. That's very important, Senator. We could we could talk. F all afternoon about oh, the important uh, issues. Thank you. No, I'm very, very passionate about working for Texas. Absolutely. And I appreciate you coming on the show. As you know, we like to end each episode with some words of wisdom from our guest. Sometimes this is a song lyric or a Bible verse or something that's just r running off the top of your head. So what would you like to share with our, our Well, our an old mentor of mine a long time ago taught me that it's something that's been guiding, guides me with through decision making. He said, you know, there's two sides to every tortilla. <laughs> Look at both sides, then make the right, right decision. I like that. I like that a lot. Senator, thanks for coming on the show. Thank you very much. And thank you all for watching The Trey Blocker Show. You can find us at TreyBlockerShow.com, YouTube, and your favorite podcast app. Thank you, and God bless. God bless you all. This has been The Trey Blocker Show. Please subscribe on YouTube or your favorite podcast app, and visit TreyBlockerShow.com 
to donate so we can keep fighting to restore sanity to this great nation.